So I've been receiving a bunch of messages and emails and WhatsApp messages um, asking um, my opinion about the wrath of God or about whether or not this is the wrath of God, whether this was right that we closed the churches, look at what these other churches are doing, look what this bishop is doing or this bishop. Um, did you get this priest um, calling out these people on this? And did you get this person's response? Um, and so I guess what I wanted to get at is I think we need to calm down. Conflict is not the right time for us, in my opinion, to start pontificating out on others. Um, where there's a dogma, then we follow the dogma. If there's something clearly right, then we must follow it. And when I say clearly right, I don't mean clearly right in an individual's view. I mean clearly right objectively as the church has a clear um, teaching on a particular matter. So I think it's important for us to realize that the church has something called dogma and it has something called doctrine. Or alternatively, some people look at it as um, capital T tradition and small t tradition. We're saying the same things. <clears throat> what that's referring to is there are things that we believe that are dogmatic and they are the things that make us, that allow us to call ourselves Orthodox or Christian or whatever creed it is that we're claiming to subscribe to. So, for example, you can't say, um, I'm Orthodox, but I don't really believe in the Trinity. You can't, because dogmatically the Orthodox believe in the Trinity. Um, you can't say you're a Christian, for example, and say you don't believe that Jesus is God. Um, there are definitions now to Christianity. The reason for digressing to that is to say that where we don't have one of those dogmas, you might be dealing more along the lines of doctrine or small t tradition. These are things that could be well established or they could be poorly established or they could be irrelevant. By that, what I mean is just like in science, you have law and you have theory the church has dogma and doctrine. So laws are established facts. We, we agree on gravity as a premise to the any argument that we have. A theory can be really well established where it can be like, okay, this isn't proven, it's not law, but it almost may as well be, okay? And you can have weaker theories um, that you're just testing out or trying to figure out. And you can have other kinds of theories that aren't related to too much right now. What that equates to in church language is, okay, we have a dogma like the Trinity, and we have doctrine, um, which could be how we understand Eucharist, even though the church might not have put um, official proclamations on every aspect of Eucharist. So that would be a well-established doctrine about how we understand Eucharist, not about the existence of Eucharist. Um, and you could have a less established doctrine. For example, the stories of... Um, the Holy Family in Egypt. You don't have to believe every one of those stories to call yourself an Orthodox Christian, um, but you're, you're not more or less Orthodox if you do or you do not. How that's relevant to what's going on today is that I think we're forgetting that we are in a horrible situation 
that we're all trying to figure out how to deal with. So instead of us taking this time to maybe point out why we think other people are wrong, I wonder if we have forgotten what we're called to do on an individual level during this time. So if someone says, oh, look, that person said no Eucharist, and that person said the priest and two deacons will, and that person said, I won't pray liturgy unless I have the people with me. And another person says, but having no offering at all is also wrong. Everybody is trying to preserve some true doctrine in a time that we don't know how to deal with. We haven't dealt with this before, not in our time. And so it's possible that everybody is trying to do the best that they can. The other thing is that everyone has their own context. There are different laws governing different places. There are different kinds of people in different places. And the things that one congregation is thinking about, dialoguing about, wrestling with, um, and trying to learn more about might not be the same thing that you're struggling with in your community. So perhaps one person speaking about the wrath of God in one context is reacting to a group of people who are trying to say there's no such thing as the wrath of God in any way, shape, or form whatsoever. And so they end up speaking dogmatically about how we do believe in that concept. Whereas in another area, for example, the West, where maybe we are used to hearing about God being angry with us all the time, there might be a tendency for people in our community to not emphasize the wrath of God as much because of the social conditions and the culture going on around us. Yes, there are things that overlap. Yes, there are such things as rights and wrong. Yes, there is such thing as a true or false teaching. I don't deny that. But what I'm saying is that what we're doing right now is perhaps we're all trying to become armchair theologians. Perhaps we're all trying to become armchair bishops and patriarchs, and we're having our armchair synodal meetings. I'm not being sarcastic. I think what we're doing is a little bit dangerous. And what we're doing is not at all conducive to finding peace. What we're doing is trying to find polarity and pinning people up and against one another. I think that's dangerous. So we're not all prophets. Prophets are those who speak authoritatively as a mouthpiece for God to say, this is the word of the Lord. It is a real charism. It is a charism of the spirit. And it is one that comes from God. It's spoken about in the epistles. It is a real gift. I wonder out loud with you, though, if some of us are presuming to have this gift. Because if we speak authoritatively and say, this is what God is doing. If we say authoritatively, the reason for this circumstance is this. We are speaking in the name of God. And that is to profess oneself to have the gift of prophecy. We don't all have that gift. I don't have that gift. And so for me, if someone asks me, what do you think of this, that, or the other thing? My response personally is, I don't know. I don't know 
why this is happening. I don't know in every way, shape or form how God is using this. Maybe I've had some insights on a local level to some things. I don't know if this is the chastisement of God. I don't know. They could be any of the above. What I do know is that God can work good from any evil if we permit him. And when we stir up strife, I'm not sure that we are permitting him. Because grace needs our cooperation. To me, the right question for us during this time is, how do I live the gospel in our present circumstance? How do I love my neighbor under the context of COVID? What are the new ways and shapes and forms that that might take with these new social conditions that we have? How do I show God my love in times like this? If I take this, this is not a cop-out. This is not somebody just brushing all of the issues and theology under the rug. It's saying our first and foremost calling is to the actual word of God that he gave to us always. And that real theology is a consequence of lived theology, which is a consequence of living the gospel. So I, I pray that all of us, myself included, maybe steer away from the politicking, um, from the position taking, and from the polemics and say, Lord, I am yours. Send me. Tell me how to live the, go- the gospel in my context, that I can be the light of the world, irrespective of what darkness is around me.